You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Arnett and Jacob and Emma and Mallory, dear saints of God who delight in confessing His name, God be praised for the confession of faith that you four will make today before God and His church. It is appropriate that the theme of the gospel lesson today is thanksgiving. Because really, making a confession of faith is giving thanks to God. The Scriptures hold thankfulness before us as a mark of the Christian. In fact, we read in the Scriptures the command to give thanks in all times. And this, for us, is a call to repentance for our lack of thankfulness. How how many of us, if we asked our neighbors or our friends to describe us, would describe us as thankful people? May the Holy Spirit grant us repentance so that we would be thankful people. That our conversation and our prayers and our thoughts would be marked with thankfulness. And especially our prayers. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. And in fact, in some ways I have to undo something that I've been teaching for a little while because, and I've talked to many of you about this for a long time, I've said that when we go to pray, the first thing that we should pray about is the things that we worry about. Now, there's, there's scriptural warrant for this. In fact, the, the scriptures are particularly interested in us taking those things that we worry about and turning them into prayer. So, for example, Peter says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, make your requests known to God. He, uh, uh, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Or St. Paul says it like this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I've always, at least I've been working on this, that when I go to pray, I think, what are the things that I'm worried about? And I pray about those things first. But Paul says something really interesting in that instruction. He says, in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And I think this is the way that Paul would teach us to pray, that instead of leading with our worries, we lead with thanksgiving. In fact, I think that I count 19 times where St. Paul uh, uh, gives us the account of what he's praying for for the church. And in almost every single one of these prayers, he begins by giving thanks. I give thanks to God for all of you. I give thanks to God for each one of you. First, I thank God every time I pray, and so forth. And his thanksgiving is very specific. Uh, Almost always, St. Paul is thanking God for three things. He thanks God for the faith of the Christians, for the love of the Christians, and for the hope that the Christians have. But here's the point. He begins with thanksgiving. I think this is, I mean, Luther picked up on this when he teaches us how to pray every morning and every night. Uh, I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night. Or at night, 
I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day, that we begin our prayers with thanksgiving. That when we go to talk to our Lord, the first thing on our mind and in our hearts are all the gifts that He has given to us. And I think when this happens, uh, when we do this, something quite incredible happens. This is my picture for it. I don't know if this is a helpful picture or not. But you know how, at least for me, when you worry about something, it's like a punch in the gut, right? Like you're going along fine, and then all of a sudden the thing that you're worried about or the thing that you're anxious about comes along and it, and it just gives you a little jab in the gut or in the throat or in the heart around there. And worry kind of takes up residence in the, in the realm of the conscience and the heart to trouble us there. Well, I, I think that when we start to give thanks to God, that in some ways, thankfulness becomes a contender in the heart. And it, ta- it stands there in the ring with our worry, and it takes the punches for us, and it starts to punch back. <laughs> I think that thanksgiving, in fact, fights against our anxieties, fights against our worry, fights against our doubts, and in, in the end, it wins. So this morning I have this encouragement for you from the Scriptures. Give thanks. Be thankful. Be thankful to one another and for one another. And be thankful to God. Begin your prayers and in your prayers by giving thanks to God for all of His benefits to you. Now this is very, very practical stuff. But there's theological stuff here as well. In fact, I think we can get to the theological by simply asking what thanksgiving is. I mean, what does it mean to give thanks? How how do we get to thanksgiving? And this is my suggestion to you, that thanksgiving is seeing the things that have been or the things that are in the context of God's work. In other words, as we are able to look at the things that happened yesterday and to recognize them as God's doing, then we are able to give thanks. Or if if we look at the things that are as God's work, then we begin to give thanks. If If we, for example, simply look around and recognize that the Lord has given us the freedom to gather in church, to hear His Word, to sing His praise, and to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus, and we look around and we see our familiar friends and their faces and our family with us, we give thanks to God knowing that He is the one who has gathered us to this place. And there's always something to give, to give thanks for because the Lord is always working. The Lord is always doing something. The Lord is always blessing us. And in this way, in this way, our thanksgiving is a bit more than simply thankfulness. It becomes a confession. We, after all, are Christians So we are not in the business of thanking the universe for all of our blessings or thanking our lucky stars. (laughs) That's a thing that we say, right? Thanks to our lucky stars. We don't do that. We give thanks to Jesus who gives us everything good. Now this is the point of the text with the ten lepers. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and these ten men who have leprosy come to him and they pray. Now, it, it is quite incredible that 
not only from natural law, but even from the law of Moses, there was very specific restrictions on people who had leprosy. We remember this as we read through Leviticus, for example, that if someone had leprosy, they would have to live outside of the city and they couldn't go into the city at all. They couldn't, in fact, approach another person without yelling, unclean, unclean, so that they would be removed from everyone else. And so it formed up that these, uh, the people with leprosy would live in leper colonies, be set apart for themselves to suffer in their agony. But on this day, these ten lepers, who had somehow, presumably, heard the word of Jesus and believed it, they come to Jesus, and instead of yelling to Jesus, unclean, unclean, they yell out to Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Rescue us. Deliver us. Have pity on us. Heal us from our leprosy. And Jesus says to these ten, go, show yourself to the priest. Now, according to Moses, it was the priest who could declare them clean, who would look at their body and see if the leprosy was gone and would then say, you're fit to return to your home and to return back to the temple to give thanks to God and so forth. So Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they are going, they find themselves on the way to be completely cleansed of all of their leprosy. Now, we don't know... We don't know how far they were, how far they were along on the way to Jerusalem, how far away they were from Jesus. Uh, We don't know what happened when they were healed, if they had a a conversation and, and tried to figure out what to do. My guess on this, and this is just my guess, is that nine of them were Jewish. And they, being Jewish, could in fact go to the temple to show themselves to the priest. But the tenth one, the one who comes back to Jesus, is a Samaritan. And for the Samaritan, it was not only his, his leprosy that was keeping him out of the temple, it was also his being a Samaritan. The temple was only for the Jewish people. The Samaritans were not permitted. In fact, the Samaritans had a different temple on the mountain. Remember how Jesus, when he finds the woman at the well, has that conversation with her? And she says, you worship in Jerusalem and we worship on this mountain. And Jesus says to her, the time has come when those who worship the Father will worship in spirit and truth. The Samaritans couldn't go to Jerusalem to go to the temple. And so this Samaritan comes back to Jesus. And he falls down at his feet and he gives thanks to God. And he worships Jesus. And in this, he is commended. And commended not only for his thankfulness, but most especially for his faith. (laughs) And this is the point. That this Samaritan is able to recognize that the place of mercy is not the temple in Jerusalem, but at the feet of Jesus. This Samaritan is able to confess that the place to go for church is not in the temple where the altar is, but at the feet of Jesus. This Samaritan recognizes that faith is not some sort of abstraction, but that faith should be in Jesus. And so he recognizes Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He recognizes that his body is the temple that will be torn down and built back up in three days. He recognizes that it is the blood of Jesus that will forgive sins, not the blood of bulls and goats shed on the Jewish altars. And he then becomes a Christian and is our example in this. The example of worship. 
the example of faith. The example of trusting Christ. Which manifests itself in thankfulness. When the Scriptures invite us to be thankful, they are doing something more than encouraging us to always have a smile on our face and to be grateful people. It's not some sort of abstraction like this. When the Scriptures encourage us to be thankful, they are encouraging us to have faith. To have faith that knows that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away not just the sin of the world, but my sin. (laughs) To have faith that Jesus is not just God in the flesh, but God as my brother in the Incarnation. To have faith that knows that not just that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, but that He rose from the dead for me so that I would be raised to life eternal. When the Scriptures command us to be thankful, they're commanding us to confess that Jesus has made a way for us from death to life, from from sin to forgiveness, from the bondage of the devil to the freedom of the Christian. So when we give thanks, we are giving something very specific to God. The worship that He desires. Our faith. So, we repent of our, of our thank, thanklessness, of our ingratitude, of our, of our worry and our anxiety, and we believe. We believe that Jesus is God in the flesh for us. And we, like our brother, this leprous Samaritan, we fall down at the feet of Jesus. And we worship Him. And give thanks to Him. And receive all of His benefits. May God the Holy Spirit grant us this faith. That we would be thankful people. Thankful to Christ for his mercy. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.